In this episode, we talk about everyone's favorite Jigglypuff, Kirby, and the Netflix of gaming. Let's do it. What's up, companion? I'm your host, Tom Tate, and I'm on a mission to trim and prioritize my ever-growing backlog, and I cannot do it without your help. So I've hand-selected 30 games for my backlog. Each day, we'll take a good look at a single game and evaluate at the end of the month if it's worth playing or ditching. I'm going to pick 10 games to play, 10 games to set aside for another day, and 10 games to purge completely, never going to play those games. And today, we're taking a good look at Kirby's Dream Course. Let's go. Kirby's Dream Course is an isometric golf game released on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System in 1994. It was developed by HAL and Nintendo. HAL is best known for developing the Kirby series, but they also worked on some other popular series as well. They worked on Mother, which is known as the Earthbound series here in the United States, and they also worked on the first Smash Brothers game, and I'm pretty sure they had a role in working on the subsequent Smash Brothers games as well. I was first introduced to Kirby on Game Boy, you know, the old gray brick playing Kirby's, Dream, Kirby's Dreamland, and I played all of the subsequent Kirby games on Nintendo and Game Boy. I played every single one on those consoles. My favorite was actually the pinball title that was released on Game Boy. It was so good. I remember playing this for hours and hours and hours on long car rides, vacations, trips like that. The core Kirby gameplay uh, is pretty simple. So I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast that you've played a Kirby game once or twice before. But if you haven't, it's a platformer where you walk, run, jump, and you sort of do this hover float thing where you suck in some air and you can kind of uh, not really fly, but you can raise up a little bit. Um, you defeat enemies in a world called Dreamland uh, and you just kind of go through the course. There's some light story elements, but nothing crazy. And you're really just this little pink blob that can suck enemies up and either spit them out or you can get special items based on the enemy that you ate. Uh, they introduce a copy ability later on. And all of the ancillary games are typically like fun spinoffs that are based on other styles of gameplay. They just have similar characters and settings. So the pinball game obviously was a pinball game. That was for Game Boy. Great example of this. There was also Kirby's Block Ball on Game Boy, which was Kirby's take on Breakout. Kirby's Dream Course is a take on mini golf. And instead of the ball, you have Kirby. And there are eight courses. I think the main objective of this game is not necessarily to sink Kirby into a hole, but to hit enemies on the course. And then eventually the hole appears after you defeat, strategically defeat all of the enemies. So GamePro back in the day when they reviewed this, they said that it does for golf what NBA Jam did for basketball, which is crazy, right? NBA Jam was a classic and so much fun to pick up a play. So we shall see. Anyways, I missed this game on the Super Nintendo. Despite playing a ton of Kirby games and playing Kirby Superstar on the Super Nintendo, which is so good, I missed this game specifically, and I also missed it on the Super NES Classic, which I got right away, uh, and I just didn't play this title. And then I missed it uh, recently 
when it was released on Nintendo Switch's online service, right? So that's kind of the latest way that I've gained access to this game, how it entered into my backlog. Uh, Nintendo Switch brought out 20 Super Nintendo games available for Nintendo Switch online subscribers to just play completely on demand, which is great. I actually haven't opened up any of those Super Nintendo games yet. Most of them I've played dozens and dozens of times, but Kirby's Dream Course stood out as a widely recommended and seemingly fun game out of that whole bunch that I just haven't touched. So I figured I would add it to my list of 30 games. So what do you think? Should I check out uh, the Super Nintendo Classic or the Nintendo Switch Online version? Will it make the cut? Let me know. You can contact me at Tom at Video Game Podcasts dot com or on twitter at yo power time yo power time and let me know if you've played kirby's dream course and if you think i should play it skip it or ditch it happy friday my friends it is november 15th and i've got a new backlog edition today and that is star wars jedi fallen order Uh, on PlayStation 4. It just arrived. And I'll be honest with you, I was excited. I had a little bit of downtime just now uh, where I was going to pop it in and I was just going to play it for a little bit just to kind of get through that opening intro. And it said, this is going to take 28 minutes to actually copy to your hard drive. 28 minutes. And I bought the disc version too. So when you buy the disc version, you would think you could just pop it in and start playing but games just aren't as awesome as they used to be, right? Cartridges, you just pop them in, hit hit go, and you're ready to play. Uh, So I am actually copying that right now uh, as I'm recording this, and I'm super excited to dive into that game. I'm a big Star Wars fan, and this is getting a pass, right? This is bubbling up to the top of my backlog. Everything else is being pushed down, uh, and that has to do with the way that I buy $60 titles. So I typically, if I buy a new game outright, I beat it as fast as I can, uh, full price games. I beat full price games as fast as I can so I can turn around and sell them for the maximum amount of value. Uh, I did that with Kingdom Hearts. I did not sell Kingdom Hearts right away and the value plummeted to like 25 or $30. So I wasn't able to get any money back when I sold that game. Uh, but that's beside the points, right? So November 15th, uh, another big title that came out today was Pokemon uh, Sword and Shield. So I'm curious if anyone added those games to your backlog. Uh, other news... Disney Plus, uh, which is Disney's streaming service, um, they just released. And my kids and I are really enjoying watching some of the old shorts from the 40s and 50s. They are hilarious and they are so great. The old cartoon shorts that I remember I used to watch these very fondly on Disney Channel in between shows, right? So if there was a 22-minute show occasionally in that eight minute gap or four minute gap, they would play one of these old shorts. And I really appreciated that. So we'll be, we'll be binging on some Disney plus I'll be playing some star Wars Jedi fallen order. And of course I will be podcasting throughout the weekend. Listen, there's obviously no shortage of content to consume out there. And that is a huge problem. So I want to talk about something in this little uh, segment here about this idea of the Netflix of gaming. I don't think that we've quite landed on like the one platform or the one company that's really going to dominate this. There have been attempts in the past. We've gotten closer and closer to this becoming a like renowned concept. Um, Hundreds of games, one low monthly fee, right? Like that's it. Like this idea that there's a service just like Hulu or Netflix or Disney plus 
where you're going to pay a low fee under 10 bucks, maybe, and you're just going to get access to tons of titles, whether they're retro titles or some combination of new games and old games. So we're starting to see a little bit of this. Um, I actually signed up for a 30 day trial of Apple arcade. Um, I don't really own any, um, handheld Apple devices. I, I just have a iPod touch that I had to use for work. Uh, surprisingly, it played a lot of those games really well. So, you know, I played a little bit of Apple Arcade and I really enjoyed it enough that I would continue to pay like the $5 per month to continue to play some of those games. Um, and I'll talk a little bit about that later on this month. Nintendo Switch on- Online is another example. You know, so they released a lot of on-demand games for the Nintendo Entertainment System and Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Um, but unlike Netflix, they're not regularly adding content to it. It's just there, you know, so you have, let's say 50 games that you can choose from across those two platforms. It's not really like the Netflix of games. I think, uh, you know, PlayStation has their own, you know, version of a streaming service where you can access all of these games on demand. Uh, I think you can even download copies to your hard drive so that you're not streaming them over the internet, which is really nice. Uh, but I would say that the one company that I think is doing this the best, uh, just based on not my experience, but what I listen to and what I read is Xbox Game Pass. Um, so I do not have an Xbox One. I used to, uh, and I ended up selling it because I didn't play it a ton. Uh, but now I'll be honest with you. I am super interested in picking up an Xbox One S. Uh Best Buy has a promotion on Black Friday to get an Xbox One S, the all digital version, which is blasphemy for me because I am a physical media type of person for $149.99. You can get that Xbox One X and I can get, I think, three months of Game Pass for a dollar and I'll be able to play Outer Worlds and I'll be able to play Halo Master Chief Collection, which is bringing back Halo Reach, one of my favorite Halos of all time. And... Uh, multiplayer is on Halo uh, Master Chief Collection, which is awesome. And there's all different types of Xbox and Xbox 360 games that you can pick up and play using Xbox Game Pass. They have Gears 5. So like when $60 Microsoft titles are being released, they're hitting Xbox Game Pass on day one, um, which is amazing, right? So this is a really interesting service. I've been following it for a while. And I'm very, very tempted. I'll be honest, this is going to demolish my backlog if I get Xbox Game Pass and an Xbox One S uh, on Black Friday this year. So I will keep you posted because obviously that is within November. So you'll know uh, if I ended up picking that up. So I think uh, Google Stadia is something that I've also been following. It's not exactly the Netflix of gaming. It's not like a library of games because you're actually purchasing them individually, I believe. Um, but it is bringing game streaming to PCs and other devices in a unique way. And I think it opens the door for more games on demand types types of services. So I wouldn't be surprised if Google ends up going that route. I mean, I am a YouTube TV subscriber. Um, so I use YouTube TV. We cut cable. Um, so I'm happy to pay Google a monthly fee, you know, to access on demand programming. So if they were to do some really incentivizing Stadia network stadia channels that i can get into and if they have the right mix of games that i like that would be really 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 nice um so i'm curious do you subscribe to any library of games any netflix for gaming style services Uh, are they helping you or hurting you when it comes to managing backlog overload and playing awesome games Uh, do you even consider a game as being in your backlog just because it's included 
in these services. Like when you evaluate your backlog, do you even think about the hundreds of games that you have access to on a digital service like this? Super curious. You can email me, tom at videogamepodcast.com or you can uh, tweet me at Yo Power Time. Let me know. Will Kirby's Dream Course make the cut? Subscribe to Backlog Companion on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows and follow along to find out. If you want to advocate for a specific game, head on over to backlogcompanion.com. You can see the full list and my contact information and let me know. I'll read any notes and feedback on an upcoming show if you send them over to me. In the absence of a Patreon account to support the show, you can leave a review or just tell a friend. I've been mentioning uh, a couple episodes now. Telling a friend is probably the best thing that you can do. So if you're having a good time listening to this, uh, feel free to pass it on to other people who might also have a good time. Speaking of having a good time, I am really enjoying daily podcasting, even though it is a bit of a stretch. It's hard to fit it into my busy work-life balance schedule. It has been fantastic to connect with some of these games in my backlog and connect with some of you listeners. Uh, So if you're appreciating this, I want you to know that I'm also appreciating this. Uh, We are going to continue this in some way. It's not going to be a daily show after November. Um, but we are going to continue it and I'll have more details on that shortly. But in the meantime, I want to thank you so much for traveling with me, companions. I will catch you on the next one.